Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, this is the uh, Anarchists and Androids. Uh, this is a parenthesis I, and I'm joined here by Logar and the Barbarian. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. <laughs> and today we'll be talking about two episodes of Andor, episode 10, One Way Out, and episode 11, Daughter of Ferrix. So uh, I, I have a, I have a, a thought about this and, and an opinion and, an, and something that I may be reading into that may not be there, but it may be. I really have been enjoying this, and, and a lot of these episodes have been so much to cover in them. But it seems like up to episode nine, they've really been building this and building this. And 10 and 11 is a little more in line with traditional Star Wars action stuff. So a lot of the bombs we were getting dropped before that I thought was interesting in the world building is a little less prevalent, especially No Way Out. It was very much action prison break scene. By the way, there's spoilers, spoilers. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the spoilers in the world are going to be in this. Yeah. <laughs> Including episode 12 that we haven't even seen yet. No. <laughs> we will spoil it for you. Yeah. We haven't even seen it and we're going to spoil it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I feel that it, it kind of was is, is a good way to set it up because it, it a lot of times your Star Wars film starts off action and goes action but this has spent a lot of time really going into the politics of things uh, a lot of the world building some of the the traditions of the world of the now we do get some answers when it comes to some of the things i was curious about like the the more conservative traditions when it came to mon mothma we had we had just looked up the world's name what was the world oh centrilla is where she's from centrilla centrilla or yeah and uh we did get to talk about that a little more, which I'm I'm happy about because I was wondering about. It. I think I mentioned that before in a previous episode. I was curious to know more what, what was going on there. So there's some interesting things we talked on there. But look, let's start with uh, no way out. Oh no, it's one way out. <laughs> one way out. One way yeah. out. Not no way out. Yeah. One yeah. way out. Yeah, and I guess the one way would be like going up to the very top of the prison factory and then jumping into the water from there that's the one way that you can get out yeah, yeah so after the last episode episode nine we re- we saw this this changes as, oh at uh, the very end of episode nine yeah that was when kino loy like switched to like being like in on the prison break yeah he he realized that that there's no getting out he'd been looking yeah. for this the carrot the carrot and the stick is no longer there these are desperate yeah, and, people. <laughs> and in this episode, he, uh, Kino Loy said, uh, I'm going to assume that I am already dead and take it from there. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> this. And, and I, I want to make a point here that I think that if you have nothing to lose at this point and it's all over, you know, that's uh, uh, sadly when people take the initiative to to uh, do something. And and I, I don't want. I don't want it to be that way. I want people to say, hey, this is this is messed up. We need to take the initiative to do something. But when it comes down to it, people are like, okay, that promised change is never going to come. The carrot on the stick, I'm never going to get that. They, they took the carrot away. There's just the stick and now you're beating me with it. <laughs> like at a point, it's like, what's the what's the point, you know? Yeah. And and that's a classic division, actually, between Karl Marx and Mikhail Bakunin, the anarchist dude, in that, like, Marx had the, the theory that the working class, uh, that 
they would be the revolutionary force, right? Mm-hmm. But Bakunin said, no, that's not true because the working class, they could still lose their crappy job and their crappy apartment and stuff, you know? So they still have something to lose. And Bakunin had the idea that the lumpen proletariat, like the really lowest level of society, like homeless people and thieves and cons and ex-cons and all that, that that would be like the real revolutionary class because they have really nothing left to lose. So yeah. the same, same theory is what Kino Loy is going with here. Yeah, and there is there is some truth to that. Though. As long as you can hold on to those table scraps, yeah. As long as you're holding on to those table scraps, a lot of times people, oh, I don't want to lose the table scraps that I'm getting. But when yeah. it's it, when it's too late, when things get so bad and so desperate, often that's when people actually decide to act and and rise up. Now we're talking about a prison break, and now let's let's be honest here. This is straight criminal behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> illegal. <laughs> And 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 if it's a prison break in our society, and this is happening on the six o'clock news, the way they'd be covering it would be pearl clutching and and, and oh no, they've broken away from the prison. These bad criminals. So so let's yeah. be honest. And they're all coming to get you. This. Yeah, they're all going to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a great quote from Andor uh, uh, where he said, "It's better to die trying to take them down than to die giving them what they want." Ah, yes. I I, I noted that one, too. (laughs) And it's interesting, too, like, in a way, when you look at it, like, Luthen inspired Andor, and now Andor has inspired Kino Loy. It's it's, it's viral. It spreads. It's the agitation. Yeah. A-E-I-O-U. Agitation, education, inoculation, organized union. (laughs) And that's what occurs, you know, as they... These people are, are, are they're slowly plotting and planning their action in in prison. What happened down in two? A man who was released on four ended up back on two the next day. Oh yeah, level two. The that's that's what uh, that's what Andy Circus says is they're bringing him in. Like the people are wanting to know what's going on. He says nobody's getting out. They're not. We're they're not counting the days anymore. There is no counting the days. And oh, Andor is yeah. insistent that tomorrow's the day. Oh no, yeah, because of that. Because the prisoner. because the guy that died in the episode nine, like then they they send a new prisoner in to come and replace him. So they knew that that was going to be happening, and so they figured if we're going to make a break, this is it. We know at least that they're coming now. Yeah. Yep. And, and he said, uh, he said, he said that's power. What was that? That's power. And Andrew goes, power doesn't panic. They just killed a oh. hundred men on program, on program. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, that was a great switch. Where like at that moment, then Andor became kind of like the boss, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I have the exact I have some quotes here that because there are people online that are like writing this shit down. <laughs> so here you go. Uh, so they don't have enough guards and they know it. They're afraid right now. They're afraid. Afraid? Afraid of what? They just killed 100 men to keep them quiet. What would you call that? I'd call that power. Power? Power doesn't panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The power and doesn't panic. Yeah. He knows that we have a plan. The plan works around new men coming down. That's when he says, I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. It has to be tomorrow, they say. We got to jump with this. We don't have any any future knowledge what's going to happen. They could fry us all because they panicked. Exactly. They fried two shifts to keep it quiet. No one's getting out. It's true. The rumors are true, he says. They're not letting us go ever. We're going to die here or in the next place. So let's get our heads back into ourselves. And start figuring this out. And this is what Andy Circus 
or I keep on calling him the circus. Oh, Kino Loy. Yeah. Kino, this, is, this is what Kino Loy says to them. He says, at this point, there's that change that's happened. So let's get our, keep our heads together. We got to figure this out. So then when they march them out, I want to point out one thing. When they march them out, they all know they're going to be doing something. They're going to be doing something really bad, according to the people oh. that are in power. And they on point, they're on program, and they all snap the program. They don't, they, and and if you're organizing in a workplace or you're trying to organize around something, a lot of times you want to be, you want to be on program. You want to be spot on. You don't want to be, be getting in trouble or nabbed for little things, because you got something better you're trying to pull. So you want to make sure you're on point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was so much tension too in that scene. Yeah, they had like the tools and stuff to use as weapons for the breakout and. It was just like I was like so enraptured at the edge of my seat. <laughs> yeah, and for the the whole thing is pretty much aside from a few of the scenes that we get to see Mon Mothma in, and then we get a a, a brief look at Luthen. Uh, oh, the, oh, the, the Luthen. end with Luthen scenes interesting. We need to get to that here in a minute. Oh I mean, yeah, and I have the whole his whole rant too. I could read as well. <laughs> oh yeah, well let's get to but but aside from that, the majority of this, like I said is back to form on traditional Star Wars. It's the action, like, yeah, go, yeah, go. And you're <laughs> you're really rooting for the for Andor and the prisoners to get out and to prison break the rebel. I mean, that's a rebel, that's a rebellion. You're your prisoners fighting into to get out of that prison industrial complex. Yeah. I mean, those those are the folks who are the most like some of the most oppressed in societies who are literally locked in cages. Yeah, and there were two great speeches like in this episode. Uh, Kino Loy and it was Andy Circus guy. You know, like he gave the speech on the intercom for the whole prison, and that was great too because like it wasn't about revenge and stuff. It was instead about like freedom and like helping each other out so that we can all get out of here. Yeah, and he was noting that to look out for each other, pull pull each other along. You know that solidarity yeah. message. I appreciate that. But and I was also surprised too, like how the, there wasn't re no revenge, like they, they weren't like slaughtering all the guards. Like yeah. I was sure that they would just like kill as many guards as possible. <laughs> yeah, that, they, they, it wasn't about. It's not about getting revenge at a point. It's about trying to deliberate yourself. Now let's talk about. The, we had two other other things going on here. We had my Mothma, and she met. Oh, I wrote his name down. She met with. Um, was it Davos Golden? Is that his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it was Davos, which is interesting because, like, isn't Davos, like, where, like, the wealthy meet every year in Davos, Switzerland for some kind of big conference? Oh, is it? I'm not aware of this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean. And, and he has this wonderful speech or talk about um, about inherited wealth is beautiful <laughs> and wonderful and all this stuff. Oh, it, yeah, I have it, that written down. One of the indulgences of wealth is freedom from other people's opinions. <laughs> yeah, he's he's really into this like power through wealth thing, yeah, and, and playing this game to keep his wealth away from the empire. To him, it's like I've got, you know, he's it, that freedom from other people's opinion. There's something about the wealthy. Um, I oh, yeah. I, I I knew a very wealthy man who who was uh who was uh able to get away with things most wouldn't and do things most wouldn't because he didn't have to worry about someone above him giving him some kind of punitive response to his actions you know it's like you see in trump and elon musk these men have been unchallenged and can do whatever they want because they just have the money to do whatever they want it's like the ultimate freedom the ultimate power over others and that's yeah. what you see in him and that's why these people these people have never had to worry about not being a fool 
You know, they're acting fools in public all the time. What does it matter to them? There's no repercussions at a point. They have everything. They literally buy control of the largest tech companies and the largest nations on the planet. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. And, but then Mon Mothma is like turning to this guy, like she already knows of his reputation. So doesn't like him to begin with before she even met him. But she has to like interact with him because she needs to find a way to launder money for the rebellion. So it's interesting, like with Andor is introducing the whole concept of money laundering in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> What's it, it's interesting because I, I'd say that that Mon Mothma definitely is this this progressive type person because we can start getting into the old ways and stuff like that in the next episode. Now, mm-hmm. before I get there, because I think I'm skipping a whole episode, let's talk about Luthen and the end of of episode nine, One Way oh. Out. Oh, well, I guess just the one last thing is Davos Skelton said basically, yeah, to Mon Matha that he could, would be willing to launder money for her if basically kind of in a roundabout way, if she agrees mm. to have her daughter enter into an arranged marriage with Davos Skelton's son. Yeah. And he she's like, oh, I'm not going to. I think that she kind of pushed back and said, oh, I just want an introduction. He wants to he wants to introduce the son to her. Um, there's a pushback and he, he's like, you're thinking about it. And she is, she is thinking about it. Oh seems. yeah. Because like she gets upset. She like kicks him out. Mm-hmm. And then at the last thing it's like, oh, like the, the only lie you gave to me is that you're not thinking about this offer. <laughs> well, put up, put up the, uh, C. Wright Mills wrote the power elite. That's a book that I think everyone should read. It's pretty good. And in Mills's power elite, he points out that there, he, he makes three classifications of people that are the power elite. And and their their power is kind of interchangeable. You have the and he calls them the men of politics, like the men of men of military, like the the mighty generals, the people that are at the Pentagon, the people that wield power, military power, and then the men of like the CEOs, the business folk. Um, and they are interchangeable. If you watch, you know, your evening news, you see these 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 generals from, you know, the Pentagon going over to Halliburton or, or or what is the one um, Lockheed Martin and stuff like that for their jobs. They're wielding that power. There's people like Colin Powell with immense power walking into the White House, wielding that power in the political arena. They are interchangeable. These very powerful positions that just kind of switch over. You just have to be born into that money. Like Donald Trump, you got that, 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 that capitalist name, that capitalist money, and you can just buy a presidency um, there is a lot of truth in history to that, and 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 aristocracy was one of them. These arranged marriages is yeah. kind of an earlier form of that. You're you're making these deals with your family because you you want those ties and those bonds and those connections to power. And it seems as if he's trying to do that. This wealthy man wants that political power, and this is how he's buying for that. Yeah, sense. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, through arranged marriage, then having a tie between these powerful families. Yes. Yeah. So he's looking for that a little bit more than just being a wealthy banker. He wants to, he wants some kind of power up there in yeah. chorus. Some kind of he wants some kind of power up there in Coruscant. <laughs> yeah, and and also you know Mon Mothma is in an arranged marriage with her husband Perrin, and she just is unhappy with it. She doesn't like the guy. She doesn't like the whole institution. And and here like the idea of her daughter then like doing the same thing just like she finds it so appalling. 
And her her daughter's kind of gotten into like fundamental Christianity, the Star Wars universe. It seems. Oh yeah, so this is going to episode eleven, where like the <laughs> daughter is going into like yeah the religious and cultural beliefs and practices of the Centralia, mm-hmm. and so that kind of relates to like how sometimes like the uh, children of immigrants like to whatever countries, right? The children sometimes get more into the traditional rituals and religions and stuff than the parents that actually did the immigration. So it's kind of like happening here with uh, Coruscant and Centralia. Yeah, she's kind of kind of discovering this thing that she has. I'm assuming that she was probably born on Coruscant away from all that. Yeah. I'm on Mothma, like I said, she's pro- she seems like a more progressive, secular type, as they would have said. <laughs> the irony then is like maybe the daughter could go into an arranged marriage and maybe the daughter would be into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of her concerns is that they bring that around. She knows her daughter's getting into all these very traditional conservative mm-hmm. values and stuff that she's going to do it. Now, Vel's there, Vel, who we oh, saw yeah. organizing our heist at the beginning of the series. And she, we know that she's Mom Mothma's cousin. She's also from this family of power and wealth. And she also seems to be a little turned off by the daughter getting into this more conservative <laughs> cultural thing, like the old ways. And they're speaking negative of it when they're talking. And that's when Mom Mothma reveals some of her shady dealings, moving money around for her own little personal Iran Contra, as I've called oh, it. Yeah. And 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 she's about. You know, she's got she's got a substantial amount of money. She needs to uh, essentially money launder, I guess. She needs yeah, to yeah. Cover this up. And yeah, because the empire is like watching all the financial transactions. So it's harder to move money around in secret. Yeah. Somebody wealthy has to be funding some of this. They want to know where that money is. It's coming from a senator. That's an interesting controversy. There's something, something bad will happen. It's, it'll be it'll be all over. Star Wars CNN. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned that Luthen, right? Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, I could read the whole <laughs> rant of uh, he, let's he do that. So he, so th- this this feller comes down and he, he he's got information for Luthen. He knows oh, that's that Lonnie, <laughs> old Lonnie, <laughs> the good old Lonnie. Yeah. He goes down to like the depths. Everybody's got a Star Wars name, but Lonnie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's Luke just too. a guy in the neighborhood. <laughs> Luke and Lonnie. <laughs> yeah, it'd be crazy if like they introduced like Bob or something one episode. <laughs> I would appreciate Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like Lonnie, then is a, a ISB, the you know the the Secret Service like agent guy, and so he's really high up then with like all the the spy stuff for the Empire. But then he's also like a double agent because he's you know, spying on behalf of the rebellion. But Lonnie now has like a wife and a kid. And so he wants to get out of all this spy stuff. But Luthen is like, for one, like the empire won't let you go. And two, I'm not going to let you go. (laughs) So Lonnie is stuck. Yeah, and he seems to be saying that it's time to it's time to disappear. Is he saying they want to disappear him and pull him out? Is that essentially what I'm hearing or seeing there? Well, that's what is... Lonnie wants, but yeah. like the uh, Luthan is like, oh hell no, you're in this for life. <laughs> yeah, so he's, it's a messy situation, it seems, and 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 Luthan's definitely hinting, oh well, how's your family, and kind of kind of strong arm in him there like like i know what's up like we got our eyes on you type oh yeah situation there luthan's not the nicest guy we're seeing he's a little ruthless he's oh, a wealthy yeah. man he is a wealthy man and he is entering in the realm of politics um just because he's opposing the empire doesn't make me think that he's somehow great and benevolent <laughs> you know and 
at the end of the day, he what he's doing is is probably a lot of it is in his own self interest as well as much as he's opposing this. Um, well, I think you could have a whole spinoff series just about Luthen. I would love that. I would watch <laughs> yeah. that. I would yeah. watch that. Yeah, and so that would be a prequel for Andor, and Andor is a prequel to Rogue One, and Rogue One's a prequel to New Hope. <laughs> I can think of a few characters in here that could probably get some spinoff at the very least, if not a mini series, maybe like a special, like an hour long special, <laughs> yeah, uh, Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, like, like let's see some of those. Um, the Andor Christmas special. I would love the Andor Christmas special. I bet you they could do it better than the original uh, Star Wars Christmas special. Maybe we should do that on here. Yeah, like Skarsgård could do, like sing a song, a Christmas song. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but, okay. Andy Circus. So, Andy Circus's character would be one I would be interested in seeing more about outside of the prison hmm. situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, we didn't even mention what happened to it at the very end. Like everyone's jumping off into the water. It's this beautifully shot scene of all the prisoners escaping. Uh, and then it turned out that Kino Loy, the indie circus character, can't swim. Now, it never yeah. tells us what exactly happens to him. For all we know, he could have jumped and, and dog paddled his way to shore. <laughs> yeah, or somebody could have pushed him in because I think Andor, like he was like standing around confused. But then like the crowd of people were, like jumping out. He just got pushed and fell into the water. And and at the next episode, it just starts off. We got the two of them, Andor, and I didn't I didn't write the other guy's name down. Oh, I, I should have Melchi. Yes, uh, Melchi, because he's in Rogue One, actually. And so, like, Andor and Melchi are there, and they're just climbing a cliff. Like, where these other folks went to, we don't know. You know, yeah. it, like, like they could be out there and alive. They could have gotten killed or whatnot. I don't know. And I did want to bring one thing up. It's interesting. They have hydro generators that the empire is a little more green than the, oh. uh, than the, than the U S empire in that respect that they're generating. Like, oh, <laughs> but at the same time, it seems that the hydro generators are somehow contaminating the water in the exactly. Area. That's what this alien said. And that's why yes. they ended up helping them escape. Yeah. So I think that was interesting there. Oh yeah, so like the like the the speech then from Luthen, right? Like uh, so it's like Lonnie it was in the, when they have that one scene at the end of episode 10 of like Lonnie wanting to get out and Luthen saying, "Oh hell no." Uh, <laughs> and then like Lonnie it's like says to Luthen, "What?" <laughs> Then what have you sacrificed? You're asking me to sacrifice like everything, my whole family and my kid and all that. What have you sacrificed? And then uh, Luthen says, and what did I sacrifice? Calm, kindness, kinship, love. I've given up all chance of inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there was only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my eagerness to fight, they've set me on a path from which there is no escape. I have yearned to be a savior against injustice without comprehending the cost. And by the time I looked down, there was no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. And the ego that started this fight will never have a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 uh, he also goes on to have an interesting encounter in the next episode in, in Daughter of Ferrix. 
Oh, this. with the uh, Sagrera, yeah. Well, yeah, there's the Sagrera encounter, and there's also the uh, his big space battle as well. So he gets. A oh, more, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and like I said, this is getting a little more classic, classic <laughs> Star Wars in a way. There's a little more action. The Sagrera interaction was interesting. We're, we're we're discussing the fact that the Empire knows about this plot where they were planning with what was his name. Um. Oh shoot! I, I had written it down. Oh, I guess that's around that rebel guy, Antor, uh, Antor Krieger, Antor, yeah. Antor Krieger. So there's this plot with Antor Krieger. They captured a pilot. They know things, and he's telling him essentially it's time to sacrifice Antor Krieger. I, I, have we seen Antor Krieger? Oh, they just like showed like a holographic image of him in episode eleven. I'm gonna have to I have to rewatch because I don't know if I remember that image now. I didn't realize that was who that was. I have oh to... yeah, it's what's the name of that? Like maybe possibly ex girlfriend of Andor. Like I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Bix. Yes. Yeah. So like she's like she totally looks like she you know she's been tortured. She looks like a shell of a person, and that's when the ISB agents show like the holographic image of. Anton Krieger. Yeah. Okay, that was Anton Krieger because she was she was asking if I think that her impression was that that was Luthen or the character yeah. they've been calling. Was it what have they been calling Luthen over there? They've been calling him. I wrote it down like Axum or Ax. Or oh, Axis. Was it? Yeah. Axis. They've been yeah. calling him Axis. Like the Axis of Evil. <laughs> yes. So so there there's I, I, I was my impression that they believe that Antwerp Krieger is Axis. So we've yeah. seen Antor Krieger. I, I'd be interested to see Antor Krieger's story and what's going on over there. Very oh, rogue one ish. <laughs> very rogue one ish story we could do here. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, like how like they think that he might be this mastermind, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. axis of the whole like conspiracy. But then also, I remember like Sagura when they talked about this that guy. His immediate response is, the man is an ox. He's stupid and slow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to, to, to really get to know him and learn more about him. I'm curious about yeah. him as a character after this. Um, Minerva, let's talk about Minerva passing on, because we're coming oh, up you on mean Marva. Yeah. Marva, is it Marva? Yeah. Mar- I'm going to call her Minerva. Marva, Marva, the mother. Marva yeah. Andor. Yeah, and, and yeah. they said that they bricked them in walls. They they I guess they turned their ashes to bricks, and they wall people up in the city, is the is the tradition. Oh, yeah, they, like, cremate people, and then they, they, the ashes they make into bricks, and then another brick in the wall. <laughs> <to quote>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I it's interesting. It. it creates, like, a functional use of people's dead bodies. Yeah, it's interesting, and they're always around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, just a, a wall fly. Oh, yeah, but it's so much more practical when you think about it compared to, like, just burying bodies in the ground. Yeah, it is a little yeah. more practical, definitely. Yeah. Now, it it seems that the, the droid, is it uh, B2ENO? Is that him? Oh, I forget. Yes, yeah, so com- some combination of letters and numbers. Yeah, <laughs> I can't keep it, track. It seems but... to have emotional response to this. Oh, yeah, that, that, that broke my heart. Yeah, like like because like he's like mourning like the loss of Marva and doesn't really understand death. And what's interesting in this is like the people in that village seem to like honor and respect the droids like sentience and feelings and such. Whereas like in other Star Wars stuff, they're like, oh, shut up, you stupid droid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just totally like abusing and neglecting droids. 
especially C3PO. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like you know, people knock Sam over and they don't give a fuck. Yeah, but like, like this erase like, your memory and get rid of all your friends and oh, yeah, yeah, who cares? it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like this droid is like so cute. It has like a stutter, you know. It has feelings, and like one of the village people then like offered to like sleep at the Marva's house with the droid for one last night to like say goodbye because the droid didn't want to be alone. Yeah. You know, sad and alone in the dark, kind of thing. He's yeah. a sad, lonely droid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sad android, yeah. And, and I want to speak about the one thing I want to, because we're coming close to time. We're going to be out of time here in a few minutes, but I wanted to talk real quick about Vel. Uh, what, I, I didn't catch Luthen's assistant's name, but they seem to have an interaction there that was almost. Oh. That was almost like boasting of who's done more and, and very competitive between the two of them of of what have you done? I delivered, you know, I delivered him the recent heist that that was successful. And she's like, oh, I've always, you know. Oh, I think it's her name is Clea. So Clea it's- and Mel get into this thing that's kind of like a kind of kind of competitive when it comes to this rebellion thing. Like, I'm a better rebel than you are. I, I can't lie that you've definitely, especially on online interactions, but I've seen a few interactions in reality in like political organizing circles where people are kind of, you know, competitive with each other like that. It, it seems absurd to me. Well, it it, it seems would, totally stupid because like, I think they were comparing apples and oranges in that like yeah. Belle, like she's the kind of person that does these heists and risk her life on those missions. Mm-hmm. And then Clea, like she's like a, a network hub. And mm-hmm. so she even mentioned, like, I have, like, different people come to me with, like, their crises all the time. Mm-hmm. So they serve different vital functions. And so you can't really compare and say one is more important or less. Yeah. And this whole, like, competitiveness, I don't think is helpful for anyone. It definitely, yeah. there seems to be so much. But this is true within political organizing and political movements. I mean, even if you look back to the different revolutions in history, the kinds of fights that broke out with folks who should have probably been working together. Yeah, and times when, like, even this, this like the Spanish Civil War when the Soviets turned around, and started just killing anarchists and things like that. Like that kind of stuff happens. Like that, that these are your, these are the people you should be working with. But instead, yeah. we're gonna go at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. <laughs> Well, and, but you kind of knew from Clea too that you couldn't really trust her to begin with because, like, she like wanted uh, Andor to be killed because she could, yes, because uh, he could identify Luthen. Yeah, so, there's know. definitely, yeah, like, like, like at a point, if you're just going around killing everybody involved in the revolution, everybody fighting for the revolution is just dying. Like, who's there to benefit from the revolution if we're all dead? <laughs> Yeah, and that's interesting when you look then like at Clea and Luthen, like they have like such a maybe you use what utilitarian or instrumental kind of approach, right? Where you just use people to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about community building, community organizing, you know, alliance building and stuff like coalitions. It's well, I mean, it happens to the extent that it serves Luthen and his end, but it's not at all like person-centered or, or caring. And you get more of a sense that like uh, Mon Mothma is more like the where's her heart on her sleeve kind of person. Yeah, and, and at some point in time, we're going to have to see some kind of drastic shift because by the time New Hope starts up, the first Star Wars movie, we've got the all like Mon Mothma and everybody living in these like hideaway rebel bases and almost like militant type things essentially creating this new 
struggling little state. Uh, I would say very similar to something like like Al Qaeda throughout Afghanistan through our twenty year oh, war, yeah. like like living in little pockets, hiding away from the empire type situation is what they're doing. Um, so at some point in time, they're gonna go. There's gonna be a shift where there some of these people are living high and mighty in Coruscant to word out here in the actual struggle. Now we're hiding in caves and. You know, that, that's going to happen. I'm curious to see if we'll see any of that in the series as it progresses. Well, I mean, Sal Guerrero is already hiding out in a cave. I get a feeling <laughs> he was doing that for a while, though, because that was yeah, brought yeah, up. He's <laughs> kind of guy. I think that, I think that Sal Guerrero does that. I don't know if yeah, in yeah. my place in the struggle. <laughs> Not yeah. up there with your bougie folk. <laughs> yeah, he's him. the most hardcore of them all. <laughs> I love Sal Guerrero. He's, he is my favorite rebel, I think. <laughs> yeah, especially since he was the word anarchist, yeah. Yeah, even yeah. well, even before they did that, I, I had a lot of respect, and I thought he was really cool it, when I saw him in Rogue One. I was, I was like, I need more Saw Guerrero. This guy's badass. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're coming close to time. Is there anything else we want to touch on before this episode wraps up? Oh, I guess then two things. Uh, one would be like I've I heard that the animated Star Wars series Rebels like actually elaborates on a lot of the same stuff uh, from the same time period in the Star mm-hmm. Wars universe. The thing is, I've never watched that show, so I couldn't really speak about it. <laughs> There's, I've seen a few episodes of it. I have not watched it all the way through. Like I said, I have some struggles with animation. Oh, I would yeah. do better if I would do better in novel format. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And then the second thing is like next episode, uh, episode 12. And that will be like the season one finale. And it seems like everything is gearing up for like that to be totally crazy you know <laughs> because it seems like a lot of like the main characters like Luthen, Cyril, Sinta, Deja and Andor himself like they're all going to like Marva's funeral so it's going to be like a crazy funeral <laughs> so yeah I'm excited to see this I think it's going to be a very action I think it'll be again like like episode 10 very action oriented in a lot of ways perhaps we shall see mm-hmm. it'll be interesting um it'll be interesting well I think that's about all we have time for today. Would you like to tell the listeners where they can find you online, parenthesis I? Oh, yeah. I'm uh, at parenthesis I, and the the I is spelled E-Y-E. And it's on Twitter and then also parenthesis I.blogspot.com. And uh, you can find me here daily at the Wild Blues and Wizards podcast where you talk about role-playing games. Wildbluesandwizards.com is my blog. And everybody has their own rebellion. (laughs) Yeah, yep, that's what Vel says, yep.